Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I am fine on this glorious feast day of Our Lady of the Annunciation. Um, It's really a beautiful day. Excuse me while I try to get my chair over here. Um, Many believe that today, the Feast of the Annunciation, was the very first feast of the Church, that it goes all the way back to the Apostles. And I... I think it's a wonderful thing, and it's very, very plausible. I'm looking for something here that um, uh, I want to share with you. Uh, Hold on just a moment. It's a first-class feast. It's not a holy day of obligation, but it's a first-class feast. And as Mother Teresa said, um, no Mary, no Jesus. K-N-O-W. To know Mary is to K-N-O-W. Jesus is to know Jesus. And if there's no Mary, N-O, there's no Jesus. Um, You know, and it goes all the way back uh, to the Garden of Eden and the the curse that uh, our Lord put on on Eve, the mother of all the living, that's what Eve means, and on the serpent and on Adam. Um, and to the serpent, he said, I will put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman, um, between your seed and his seed. And he said that the seed of the woman would crush the seed of the serpent, the head of the seed of the serpent, and the seed of the serpent would wound the heel of the seed of the woman. A bit of a tongue twister there. But a wound to the heel is a wound, but a blow to the head is fatal. And that's what happened on the cross. The seed of the woman, who is our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, dealt a fatal blow to the seed of the serpent on that cross, who is Satan, the seed of the serpent, Satan. Um, And I've often thought, dear ones, that I don't know if Adam and Eve had any idea what their disobedience caused, that they plunged the human race into sin. There had never been uh, sin. There had never been um, sorrow, uh, misery, unhappiness, failure, none of that. Um, They had never known it. And... They disobeyed God. Why did they fall? Why did they plunge the world into, into, into sin? So that every child born from them <clears throat> to this day and till the end of time would be born into the original sin of our first parents. What was their sin? The apple was poisoned that they ate from the tree that they were told not to eat from? I don't think so. The idea is that Satan did deceive the woman, but she believed him more than God. 
more than what Adam would have communicated to her. And I don't know where Adam was in, in that chapter of Genesis. I don't know where Adam was. A husband should be around to protect his wife. I don't know where he was. And I don't know why he took the fruit from his wife when God directly told him not to. So uh, what was the sin? Was the poison in the apple, even if it was an apple? We don't know that. Um, it was that God said to them on the day you eat the fruit of that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that you will surely die. You will die. Now, they didn't die physically, but they died spiritually. They separated themselves from grace and fell, and God put them out of the garden. He had to kill animals to clothe them because they realized through their sin that they were naked. And, um, uh, and God said to them, who told you you were naked? And it was, did you eat of the fruit? Yes, because then you're going to know all things. What was their sin? <clears throat> their sin was disobedience. They said, God has said this, but Satan tempted us, and uh, we like what Satan said, and we're going to do it our way. And I've often thought, what was wrong with Satan's temptation to Adam and Eve, that they would fall from grace? What was wrong with that? Everything that Satan told them, you will be like God. There's nothing wrong with that. God made us in his image. He has, he is sanctifying us. He is growing us up um, to one day even awake to be like him in heaven. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being like God. God wants us to be like him. He wants us to be, we'll never be God, but he wants us to be like him in every way, in virtue, in in, in purpose and all of that. So what was wrong with them? Um, Adam and Eve wanted what God has for us in a way God doesn't have it. I, I've often thought that Frank Sinatra only put the music to I'll do it my way because the words were invented by Adam and Eve, I'll do it my way, and the temptation of Satan. And that's what Satan's temptation is to us all through this Lent to take what is legitimate and uh, take it in a way that's illegitimate or before God's time. Every temptation that our Lord experienced, the lust of the eyes and the flesh and the pride of life, that is what Eve, Adam and Eve were tempted with. That is what our Lord is tempted with 4,000 years later, and that is what we are tempted with to take what God has for us. It's legitimate. Turn the stone into bread. Well, well, come on, you're God. You can do that. But God, the Father, didn't have it. He sent our Lord into the wilderness to be tempted in reparation for Israel's 40 years of wanderings in the desert in reparation for their obedience and the reparation for the sins of the whole world. And so Satan tempted uh, our Lord in the wilderness, the same way he tempted Adam and Eve, by what was legitimately theirs, what God had for them, but not in the way God had it for them. And they chose, Adam and Eve did, to take it before God's time, to do it their way. I'll do it my way, saying uh, Frank Sinatra. Um, and that's what plunged them into sin. 
plunge the whole world into sin. And those are the three temptations, dear ones, with which God will tempt us. Um, always. Always. I don't imagine, because there was no death, there was no sin, no unhappiness, I don't imagine that Adam and Eve had any idea of the loneliness, the misery, the evil, um, the depression uh, that would be characteristic of much of the world today, many in the world today, because of their sin, because they had never known it. They had never known sin. And I've thought often that their first child, Cain, God promised them the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. And that was a prophecy, the first prophecy of the Messiah to come. But I imagined uh, that when they had Cain, Adam and Eve might have thought he was the Messiah because he's the first seed of the woman. But then they had Abel, and Cain killed Abel, and they probably figured, no, Cain's not the Messiah, and Abel's dead, he's not the Messiah. But with their third son, Seth, the scriptures say that men again began to call on the name of the Lord. And you can trace um, the line of Seth right through to Mary today, whose seed our Lord Jesus Christ would crush the head of the serpent. How can you trace that? Just read Genesis and through the Old Testament, the messianic line, the line through which the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Anointed One, the Savior of the world would come through the people God established for his name, those are the Hebrew people, and um, would bring forth the Messiah through them and for them for the entire world. The entire world was not plan B. And it's not because the Jews rejected Christ that he went to the entire world. That was always the plan. Um, and the Jews didn't reject Christ. If they did, uh, many of them did, maybe even most. But if they did as a people, the Messiah wouldn't come. The, the church was founded on the apostles and prophets, every one of them Jewish. The Last Supper, the institution of the, the priesthood and the Blessed Sacrament was made with his disciples, all Jewish. The church is founded on Israel. Um, because of their faithfulness, I don't think so, but because of God's faithfulness. So beginning with Eve, through her son Seth, you can trace the line to a man named Abram through his pa father Terah. Uh, his parents were idol worshippers, but God saw Abram's heart and took him out of Ur the Chaldees and set him apart. And in Genesis chapter 12, he told Abram to go from his land to a, a land God would show him and that he would make him a mighty people that through Abram's seed, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And the seed is singular. And when we read the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, the book of Galatians, um, we see that the seed is Christ through Abram's seed. Um, there's the music for our break, dear ones. We'll be right back after the break to continue this most wonderful, wonderful story. God bless you. Feel free to call in at any time. We'll be right back. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. You can also catch a bonus encore Saturdays at noon Eastern. God bless you. Keep the faith. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the station of the cross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle of the story of salvation from Adam and Eve right through to Christ who came into the world through Mary, whose Feast of the Annunciation is today, and I mentioned earlier that um, this feast was celebrated, many, many believe, uh, by the apostles themselves, right from the beginning, the Annunciation, the announcement of the Messiah from Gabriel to a 15-year-old Jewish maiden from the line of David. And we said we can trace that messianic, the line through which the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior would come, from Eve, whose name is means mother of all the living. Um, and of course, she plunged the world with Adam uh, into sin, and so uh, our first parents are the authors of, um, of all the sin in the world, because they believed the devil rather than God. And they wanted to take what God had for them before God had it for them. And so we could trace the line of the Messiah. We started to say just before the break, from Eve through Seth, through a man named Abram, A-B-R-A-M, which means high and honored father. And um, 
Five chapters later in Genesis, God changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means the father of um, many nations, which he became. Um, And God promised Abram that through his seed, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And so you can trace, continue the line from, um, from Abraham through his son, Isaac. Abraham had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael, but it would be through Isaac that the line of the Messiah would continue. And Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau, and it would be through Jacob that the line of the Messiah would continue. And Jacob had 12 sons. And one night... Uh, So they were the 12 sons of Jacob, and they married, and they had lots of children, and they became the 12 tribes of Jacob. And one night, Jacob struggled with uh, the angel of the Lord, whose name is Wonderful. In other words, he struggled with um, what's called the theophany, the incarnate Christ. He struggled with him, and God gave him a souvenir and dislocated Jacob's hip so Jacob would know it's not just a dream. And Jacob walked with a limp ever after. And Jacob um, had the 12 sons of Jacob. God changed Jacob's name to Israel because the word Israel means to strive with God. And so Jacob's 12 uh, sons became the 12 tribes of Israel, of Jacob. And it would be through one of those 12 tribes that that messianic line would continue and it would be the tribe of Judah. Genesis 49 verse 10 says that. And every Jew knows that. They're waiting for the Messiah to come through the line of Judah and proceeding down the line of Judah is King David's, uh, King David, Israel's greatest sin, the sweet psalmist of Israel. And about a thousand years uh, from David, um, Uh, there was a woman who came from David through the line of Nathan. Her name was Mary. In Hebrew, Miriam, that's the name I took it when I entered the church at my confirmation, Miriam, Mary's Jewish name. And the angel came to Mary all the way from Eve through Seth, through Abram to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, David, And he came to a young maiden from David's line, and he said, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And I tell you, when you read Luke chapter 1, that she would conceive and bear a son and call his name Jesus, the Old Testament Joshua, it means God is salvation, Um, and that she would bear the son of the Most High, I've often pictured Mary um, all but fainting at those words because the Most High in the Old Testament is God himself. How could God have a son? How could no one could look on God and live? How How could she bear the Son of God who would be God? Son of a man is man, the Son of God is God. How could she do that? She didn't know. But she, in her docility... In her humility, she said, let it be done to me according to thy word. And Mary became the mother of God and the mother of the son of God who was, became the new Adam. And so Eve is, rather Mary is the new Eve and her son is the new Adam 
to bring true life back into the world. Um, John Henry Cardinal Newman wrote, he said, as Eve forfeited privilege by sin, as Eve forfeited privileges by sin, so Mary earned privileges by the fruits of grace. As Eve was disobedient and unbelieving, so Mary was obedient and believing. As Eve was a cause of ruin to all, Mary was a cause of salvation to all. As Eve made room for Adam's fall, so Mary made room for our Lord's reparation of it. And thus, whereas the free gift was not as the offense, but much greater, it follows that as Eve cooperated in effecting a great evil, Mary cooperated in effecting a much greater good. Mary, beloved, I know many people are going to shrink back at this, especially if you're Protestant. Mary is the co-redemptrix. She is the co-redemptrix. Co means with. It doesn't mean equal to. She, more than anyone else, um, uh, cooperated with her son to bring salvation himself into the world. Her yes uh, made her the co-redemptrix. And she is. We are co-reconciled, as Paul says, with Christ. Well, that's we have a part in people's salvation, and no one has a part equal to the Blessed Mother. This day we celebrate the Feast of Her Annunciation, which I said earlier, many believe, goes all the way back to the Apostles. Um, the day that the angel Gabriel came to a little 15-year-old Jewish gal who we understand by tradition had taken a vow of virginity in reparation for Israel's sins. And yet God chose her to bear the Messiah and without violating her vow of virginity. He's God. There's nothing impossible for him. Mary remained a virgin um, while giving birth to Jesus. And so... um, I want to look up um, Luke chapter 1 for you. I'm going to do that. Hold on one minute. Um, because that's where the angel Gabriel came to the Blessed Mother. Um, hold on now. I'm going to get that those verses. He came to the Blessed Mother and he said, Hail, full of grace. And that word in the, in the original Greek language is one word. Um, and um, if you want to hear a beautiful teaching on it, uh, go to Catholic Answers and Catholic.com and get the, the, um, the album, uh, the audio album by Tim Staples called Behold Your Mother, and it'll take you through all the prophecies in the Old Testament. Um, I'm going to go to Luke chapter 1. Hold on now. And verse 26 in the sixth month, um, and that's the sixth month of this pregnancy. In the six months, starting at verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. And I'll stop here to say that Joseph was also from the line of David from the royal line. He had to be in order to be Mary's husband. And he was the foster father of Jesus. 
He came from Mary through Solomon. He came rather from David through Solomon. And Mary came from David through Nathan. Two different lines, both originating in David, uh, the messianic line. And so Joseph became the foster father because Mary remained a virgin and her spouse is the Holy Spirit. And the angel came to her and said, Hail, full of grace. And what I mentioned before, that's one word in the Greek. When you're full of grace, picture a, a glass full to the brim with water. There's no room for anything else. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, or Miriam, her Hebrew name, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. In Hebrew, Yeshua. If you translate uh, Yeshua into the Old Testament English, it's Joshua. Um, and into Greek, Jesus, and into English, Jesus. They're the same word, beloved. And the angel said to Mary, He, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. I pictured Mary. How could God have a son? The Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, that made sense because everyone knew the Messiah would come through the line of David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And David came from Jacob's line. And his, his kingdom will be no end. And I pictured Mary listening to the angel and saying, he just ran down the credentials of the Messiah. Is it now? And is it me? I, I picture that. Uh, the prophet Daniel uh, prophesied the time the Messiah would come, and it was just then. And many false messiahs were rising around that time. Mary said to the angel, How? How can this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said, The Holy Spirit, this is how, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. Can you imagine that? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. Hold on. The words, the words that the angel used in uh, Luke chapter 1 to describe how it would be that Mary would bear the very Son of God, scholars tell us are the same words that closed the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant, because Mary would now be the new Ark of the New Covenant. And I'll show you those verses as soon as we come back from the break, beloved. Again, you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart, toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Please join Father Mark Noonan in praying the Litany of Humility. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And um, we have a whole half hour before us. And as I've said, um, every day now for two weeks, you're welcome to call in any time during this hour whatsoever. And the toll-free number again is one 511 5483 or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. We just read from Luke chapter 1 on this magnificent day of the Feast of the Annunciation um, of our Blessed Lord, um, the day the Gabriel, that the angel Gabriel came to a uh, young Jewish maiden named Mary, Miriam in Hebrew, um, and told her that she would bear the very Son of God. And the angel's word, words to Mary when she said, how can this be since I have no husband? She was a virgin, not just a virgin, but uh, tradition tells us she had made a vow of virginity and she said, well, I have no husband. And behind that, she didn't intend to have one. But the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. <clears throat> and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will become, be called rather holy, the Son of God. And I mentioned just before the break that the words of the angel Gabriel 
to Mary, describing how she will bear the Son of God, that the power of the Most High will overshadow her, are the words that close the book of Exodus, describing the power of the Most High coming upon the tabernacle of the Old Covenant. Exodus chapter 40 Um, starting at verse 34, says, Then the cloud, that is the presence of God, the Shekinah, the glory cloud, the cloud covered the tent of meeting. Tent of meeting is synonymous with tabernacle. Tabernacle means dwelling place, as a tent is a dwelling place. The cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That's what's called a parallelism. Um, The cloud is the glory of the Lord, and the tent of meeting is the tabernacle. So the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The same thing said in two ways. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting, because the cloud abode upon it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. When that glory came over the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies, of the Old Covenant. No one, not Moses, not the high priest Aaron himself could enter that holy place. The high priest wore bells at the bottom of his vestments because if he went in there and was struck dead, you could hear the bells, you could pull him out by his tunic, and if you went in, you'd be struck dead too. The holiest place on earth, the place where God dwelt, the Ark of the Old Covenant, the Ark that contained the manna, and the, um, the two tablets of stone, uh, the Ten Commandments, and the, uh, the rod of Aaron that miraculously budded. That was in the tabernacle. And it was above the tabernacle. It was a rectangular um, uh, box, really, made of acacia wood, um, and three feet nine by two feet something, two feet six, I think. And it was made of acacia wood and it was covered with gold and above that was or two cherubim high order of angels and between the cherubim was the mercy seat and it was above the ark above the mercy seat that the shekinah the glory of god would descend and when it did above that tabernacle upon that tabernacle no one could enter that holy place the words of the angel to Mary, are the same. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The same words used to describe the power of the Most High overshadowing the tabernacle, the Ark of the Old Covenant, because Mary would now be the Ark of the New Covenant in His blood, the the Ark, the dwelling place of God. Excuse me. She would not just be his dwelling place, but she would give him a body. The flesh and blood, dear ones, if you're Catholic, the flesh and blood that we receive at every holy mass is that flesh and blood given him by Mary. Mary, among all people, could say, he that is mighty has done great things for me, and holy, holy is his name. And that's where we have um, um, 
And Mary said to the angel, Behold. And she didn't, how could she ever understand all that? That God had a son and that she would bear, be the very ark of the new covenant in his blood. That nine months she would carry God in her womb. March 25th is that day. That's today. When the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. And exactly nine months later um, will be December 25th when that child um, conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb would be born. Mary's his mother and the Holy Spirit is her spouse, his, um, I guess we could say biological father, and Joseph is the foster father. He is the son of God and the son of Mary. he is our savior beloved and there's no redemption there's no salvation under heaven in anyone else but him and in the church he established dear ones which is the catholic church there is no salvation outside the catholic church I am saying that to you who grew up in a conservative Jewish home and who spent 18 years as an evangelical Protestant trying to save Catholics, and now I am a Catholic and, and a nun, a Jewish nun. Um, there's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved, and there's no other church through which um, we can be saved but the Catholic Church. Why? <clears throat> because it's what God did. It's what God established based on Israel. It is what God has done to establish a people for himself through whom the Messiah would come for the whole world. And that is the Catholic Universal Church. Um, Not the invisible body of believers, but those who truly are part of the Catholic Church, the church that our Lord established and promised to lead into all truth to the end of time, And with all the craziness in the world today, God has kept his promise. Not one single truth of the Catholic Church has ever been changed, nor can it be. A lot of false teaching, but that's not authoritative. Not one de fide, not one uh, word of God, not one declaration of truth has been ever changed, nor can it be. Many popes have taught error. Many have taught error. Um, But none of their errors, including our current Holy Father, including the current Pope Francis, he has taught error. But not one word is binding on the faithful to believe. That is God's protection for his church. The gift of infallibility. It doesn't mean the man is infallible. He's not. He's not impeccable. He's a sinner, as you and I. But when he speaks any matter of faith and morals that would be binding on us, the faithful, the gift of infallibility doesn't even say he speaks truth. It says he's protected from error. So if anything is ever binding on us to believe, whatever the Pope says, we are through him, protected from error. He speaks only what is true. And this Pope and, and uh, Popes before him uh, have not declared one uh, word of truth 
in binding on the faithful that has been against what has already been declared, not one. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And she went with haste to a city named Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth, who was with child, an elderly woman. She and Zechariah were past age-bearing, but nothing's impossible for God. And Elizabeth was with child six months before Mary. She was with the forerunner of the Messiah, John the Baptist, who would go before him as his cousin, go before him and prepare the way of the Lord. And Mary gave her what's called the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul rejoices in God, my Savior. And as a Protestant, I said, well, how could she be without sin? Would Catholics believe that she was conceived without sin? The immaculate conception that she was conceived in her mother Anne's womb from the moment of her conception, she was conceived without sin. How could that be when Mary said, my soul rejoices in God, my Savior? Well, she needed a Savior. Then she means she was a sinner. No, she did need a Savior. But it doesn't mean she was a sinner. Bishop Sheen helped me with this one. Um, And I, I love this illustration. I've given it before, that you're walking along a street and you come across a manhole, a sewer, and there's an actual body in there, a man, who's sinking, he fell in, and he's sinking into the mire of the manhole of the sewer. He can't get out. And so you come and you pull him out. You've rescued him, covered with mud. Um, You've rescued him from the mire of the sewer. You're standing on that street now, and there's another man walking, and he's heading right for that same manhole. It doesn't have a cover on it. He doesn't even, he's not even aware of it, but you see that. And so you head him off so that he doesn't fall in. Which man have you saved from the awfulness of the mire, the destruction of the sewer? Which man have you saved? You've saved both of them. You saved the first man after he fell in. You saved the second man before he fell in. God saved us through our baptism after we had fallen. God saved Mary before she fell, and she never did. That's why she could say, God who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. God saved Mary from being born into the original sin of her parents at the very moment of her conception. He removed from her the stain of original sin. She was born without sin and spent her entire life without one single sin. Um, I don't know if, um, I know that there's at least one listener who does not appreciate um, um, the author of the, the book Read of God, Carol Hauslander, but I absolutely think she's tremendous. The Read of God is a small little book and speaks of um, of our Blessed Mother. And, he, and she wrote this. <clears throat> In giving life to him, Mary was giving him death. 
all other children born must inevitably die. Death belongs to fallen nature. The mother's gift to the child is life. But Christ is life. Death did not belong to him. We'll continue this after the break, beloved. It'll be our last segment, and you're welcome again to call in with anything on your heart, toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, your daily host of The Catholic Current. Join me on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern for another round of Let's Talk About This, when we'll walk through a controversial issue together. I'll ask, can a war ever be just? It's an important question because we are in several wars right now, whether you know it or not. Hear all about it on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern on The Catholic Current, coming to you from the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio mobile app. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. Hey, Jim Havens here. I'm host of The Simple Truth, which airs every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. The focus of the show is authentically receiving, living, and handing on the simple truth of Jesus and his Catholic Church in a down-to-earth, no-nonsense manner. The guests are phenomenal, and each weekday has its own theme, always encouraging us to take the next step in our faith wherever we may be. It's The Simple Truth, every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and again, you're welcome to call in. Um, uh, we have a, a comment from uh, Opalo on Facebook who asks, this is a main feast day, the, the Annunciation of our um, Blessed Mother, uh, the Annunciation of Gabriel to Mary, that she would bear the very Son of God. Um, this is a main feast day, Opalo writes, 
but also it is a penitence day because of the consecration of the Pope, because the consecra- of the consecration the Pope is doing today, and also because it's a Friday. Should we fast and do penance, or should we not? Um, you know, it's a first-class feast, and no feasts are, are really allowed during Lent except what is such a first-class feast. So even though it's a Friday, um, I would say we should still definitely abstain from meat. Um, uh, Every Friday of Lent we do, and um, it's good to do a form of penance, uh, but it's a little relief from that because we need to celebrate the Annunciation of Our Lady. Again, it's not a day of obligation, but it's a first-class feast. And so... um, um, we can do penance, and again, we can refrain from meat, um, but I think we can also have a little um, glorious celebration of the Annunciation that brought such a Savior into the world. Um, the Pope is doing the consecration today for the whole world, and especially Russia and Ukraine. Um, whether or not that's valid, what he's doing today and the way he's doing it and the wording, I cannot tell you. I, I, I cannot tell you that. Um, there are many that do not have confidence in that for many, many reasons. Um, so I, I don't know what Our Lady will deem to do as a, a result of today. But um, um, whatever uh, value the Pope's consecration will have today to consecrate the whole world and especially Russia and Ukraine, to the Immaculate Heart. Um, God alone knows that, and perhaps he'll allow us to know soon. Um, uh, But um, uh, I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, uh, It is a main feast day, and again, most feast days are not celebrated during Lent, but this one is, because this is the day that salvation was brought into the world through a virgin. Um, I started reading from the little book, The Read of God, Mary's Role in Salvation in Bringing Christ into the World <clears throat> Following the Annunciation of Gabriel. And it's truly beautiful. I just read um, um, two sentences and I'll reread them. In giving life to him, Mary was giving him death. All other children born must inevitably die. Death belongs to fallen nature. The mother's gift to the child is life. But Christ is life. Death did not belong to him. In fact, unless Mary would give him death, he could not die. Unless she would give him the capacity for suffering, he could not suffer. He could only feel cold and hunger and thirst if she gave him her vulnerability to cold and hunger and thirst. He could not know the indifference of friends or treachery or the bitterness of being betrayed unless she gave him a human mind and a human heart. That is what it meant to Mary to give human nature to God. That is what, um, rather, he was invulnerable. He asked her for a body to be wounded. He was joy itself. He asked her to give him tears. He was God. He asked her to make him man. He asked for hands and feet to be nailed. 
He asked for flesh to be scourged. He asked for blood to be shed. He asked for a heart to be broken. The stable at Bethlehem was the first Calvary. The wooden manger was the first cross. The swaddling bands were the first burial bands. The passion had begun. Christ was man. This too was the first separation. She knew that this little son of hers was God's son and that God had not given him to her for herself alone, but for the whole world. I'm going to read you one more quote from Bishop Sheen, that bishop who I love. He said this, In the filthiest place in the world, a stable, purity was born. He who was later to be slaughtered by men acting as beasts was born among beasts. He who would call himself the living bread descended from heaven was laid in a manger, literally meaning a place to eat. Centuries before, Jews had worshipped the golden calf and the Greeks worshipped the ass. Men bowed down before them as before God. The ox and the ass now were present to make their innocent reparation, bowing down before their God. He said later on that Mary could give birth to Jesus in joy in a stable, but she could give birth to Christians only on Calvary and in labors great enough to make her the queen of martyrs. If you're Protestant and do not know the glories of the mother who gave us the Savior, uh, if you're Catholic and think Catholics uh, go too far with Mary. She is your mother. She is the mother that our Lord gave to us from the cross when he said to John, the beloved, behold your mother. Son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. He gave Mary to us. She is the mother. He is the Savior of everyone for whom he died, and he died for everyone. And she is the mother of that Savior for everyone for whom he died, and he died for everyone. She is your mother. You might, if you don't know her, if you don't love her, if you don't understand the role that she has played in salvation history, she is the mediatrix of all grace. She, uh, all grace comes to us from Jesus through Mary. She is our advocate, and she is the co-redemptrix. Her yes brought our Lord into the world. No, she's not on the cross with Jesus. She did not die for our sins. She brought salvation to us. She cooperated with God by her fiat. She gave him to us, and she knew that he was born to die. She knew that. She knew all the Old Testament scriptures. She knew that. And she said, yes. She's your mother. And the surest, quickest, clearest way 
To know our Lord Jesus as he wills to be known is to go through Mary, who diapered him and who was there with him on the cross. She is your mother, beloved. You may fight, but you can continue to fight and remain an orphan, or you can come home to the mother who gave us the Savior and to the Savior in whom alone is salvation. Blessed Feast of the Annunciation. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend, we pray, and we will speak with you, God willing, on Monday. God bless you.